here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to the Brit Rest Roundtable. We're back after a little bit longer of a break than we usually have, uh, because there weren't as many shows. Um, we didn't preview Super Strong Star 16, but here we are to review it, and it was a pretty big weekend uh, for both of us. Uh, and we're also going to polish our shiny shovels because we're going to be talking five star wrestling. And I don't know if I'm look. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or. Um, uh, despairing for it, but uh, it should be it should make some interesting audio. I think uh, I'm Ollie Court. Here with me is Arn Furious, as always. Hello. <laughs> and we were both at Super Strong Style 16 um, last weekend for probably <laughs> the biggest weekend of wrestling for both of us since 16 Carat. Uh, and it, Another big weekend of wrestling for another big weekend. Two days beforehand as well, so uh, I I got quite a lot of wrestling. But you missed uh, K Star. (laughs) I fuck K Star. (laughs) If if anyone from K Star is is listening, like it's just not for me. I it's I'm I I don't know. I have um, issues with the with Shindies. I guess mm. it's like it, it should be fun, but I guarantee you there's like millions of kids there, and and I'm gonna hate it. Isn't a social club? Oh yeah, so everyone club. loves social club wrestling. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. Um, far from sort of social club wrestling, uh, the Electric Ballroom, Super Strong Style 16. Yay. Um, what were your overall thoughts of the weekend before we like dive into the nitty gritty of day one? Um, my feet hurt. That was partially my fault because I made a bit of an error in judgment. And when I left the house and I had to choose between very comfortable trainers that I've had for years that were kind of falling apart or brand new trainers, which I hadn't really <laughs> worn at all. And I went with the brand new ones and I I now have like bruising all over my toes and... Yeah, it wasn't help because like day one, as I walked out the ballroom, I stubbed my toe on the uh, on the steps <laughs> on the way out. Um, one of so the more spent... dramatic storylines of the weekend, the, uh, the toe sp- stubbing. Yeah, I spent most of my weekend in agony um, and tried to kind of compensate for it by drinking. But um, 
it was it was a good weekend. I, I enjoyed the pain. Yeah, well, I definitely enjoyed the drinking. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Simmons, for um, providing the afters uh, of entertainment. I, I had a lot of afters. <laughs> I did many, many different uh, venues. Except I think next the... year maybe I'll uh, get a hotel so I can experience the, the entire night afterward rather than just, you know, until 9pm and then I have to wuss out. Yeah, wuss out. Um, the latest I got back was like half four on on the nice. last day. Yeah, it's because we just kept going further and further away from the um, from the venue and yeah. the venue was like the other side of where my hotel was anyway because my hotel was by the station by like Euston um, so it's like we went through Camden past the ballroom and then kept going and mm-hmm. ended up at like Joe's <laughs> Joe's <laughs> Joe's yeah you've never been to Joe's I've never I've there's a Joe's in Birmingham but uh, it's not very good it's a different Joe's <laughs> <laughs> lands are breaking out around UK territory yeah. The um, anyway, enough enough gallivanting around that was getting drunk. Basically, because I, I, I followed uh, <laughs> I, I followed a drunk uh, Jimmy Havoc, and that's that's what resulted in me getting no sleep. <laughs> but you have to day one. <laughs> day oh, one. Curious. Day yes. one. Um, and day one, it, it had some pretty decent matches. I, I it certainly didn't have the best match of the weekend. Um. Probably depending on who you ask, that happened on day two or day three, and we'll get to those in a sec. But I think everything was pretty solid here. Um, yeah, like that's solid is the word I, I would use to describe day one. It was very solid. It was very consistent. Um, I was particularly impressed with uh, Zack Saber and David Starr. I thought that was a really good match. Um, mm-hmm. David Starr, um, I'm I'm pleased that he got over as much as he did. Because he's he's very very good, and just, <laughs> despite me kind of continually giving him backhanded compliments, I actually managed another one <laughs> over the weekend. But um, yeah, he um, he did very well, and uh, I think this is probably the best match he wrestled over the weekend. But he was good in everything that he did, so it's a good showing from him. Uh, we'll go match by match here, um, and starting with Jeff Cobb versus Nathan Cruz. Bit of a, a weird matchup, and kind of just the. Uh... An exhibition for Jeff Cobb before he got in like his bigger matches of the weekend. Um, yeah, I think it was like a let let's show the world what Jeff Cobb can do before putting him in with like a real opponent. Yeah, uh, no offense to and Nathan what he... Cruz, but like when they put him in the tournament, I was like, first round out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think many people projected him longer than that, and he wasn't even there on day two and three. So, <laughs> yeah, this was Jeff Cobb throwing Nathan Cruz around and. Yeah, just showing people who'd never seen him before what crazy shit Jeff Cobb can do. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's a very entertaining man who has ridiculous power. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on, Haskins Webster. I think you like this a little bit more than me. Um, I wasn't into this very much. No, I like the logic of it. It was very much a uh, Haskins goes after the leg. Uh, Flash tries to do other things, but then ends up getting his leg kicked out from under his leg again. And, <laughs> kicked out of his leg. Leg, yeah, that's that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it probably wasn't um, 
as good a match as they could have had, but uh, I, I thought it was solid. I know um, so Alan Boone said that it was like two matches kind of colliding. He wasn't terribly pleased with it, but uh, no, I thought it was, again, solid. It was solid match. I think this was one that really got affected by like the the entrance atmosphere being weird because of all the new music. Um, this was like the first time I'd heard Webster's new music live, and Haskins especially loses a lot not having his Crobot song, mm. which is like gets everyone fired up, and it just wasn't the same with whatever he was using here. It's a big loss. It's going to take a while to even get used to the the, the new yeah. songs. So well, I, I think the atmosphere said, was a little the, bit uh, weird the British British strong style music that they've been using for like a couple of months now. I've gotten used to that, and yeah. I quite like it. I, yeah, I quite like it too. It, well, it's because uh, CFO dollar sign made it, right? <laughs> or like, at, at least like whistled it originally. So like, I have no it's idea. better than the stand the standard like generic rock that Mark Haskins had here. But yeah, that w- w- obviously there'll be some growing pains with the new music stuff. But I thought this was a match that got affected by that. Got kind of got a weird atmosphere early and just. Kind of its placement on the card meant that people weren't like really, really up for it at that point, um, which is a bit of a shame. But there we go. Uh, like the first match that I thought had like genuine like fired up emotion going into it was Travis Banks Jimmy Havoc, which was next up, and Banks getting a fairly big win over Havoc just to establish him as like a major contender in the tournament, and doing like the the Havoc throwing chairs at Banks and he chucks him away spot always yeah. gets me. <laughs> And I thought, like, everyone was, like, really divided here, which is always good. Like, Banks seems to install that emotion in people, where people really want to support him, but there's also equally passionate people supporting the other guy. Um, it, it was, like, a good football fan-style atmosphere going on there. Yeah, Travis is a, w- a weird guy in terms of crowd support, because, like, people that are really into the like the work rate side of things seem to pick on him uh, like pick up on him uh, as as a star like quite early, but yeah. the there's another side uh, to to wrestling fandom, and it's the ones that are perhaps less into like smaller, more mobile wrestlers, and they just kind of consider them there as being fodder for like the real stars, like your <laughs> your, your riddles and and so forth, and um, yeah, it's he's kind of divisive because of that but I don't know he's just he's a really nice guy and he's he's very talented so I don't see what's wrong with uh, with him getting a push yeah I think a lot of people were behind him to win this tournament and uh, obviously spoilers in the end he did win but uh, this was ah, like spoilers. first stepping thing <laughs> spoiler spoilers everywhere <laughs> why would you listen to a podcast about <laughs> fully detailing a tournament <laughs> without knowing <laughs> what happened in it um yeah, I'm getting hypothetically angry. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I thought this was like stuff. the first the, um, really good match of the tournament going in. When because uh, he did the like, the Travis Banks blocking the the chair throws, and then yeah. uh, he throws one back, and Havoc just headbutts it out the air, just like. <laughs> uh. And this was like Havoc's only like real match of um, the tour- of the weekend, so he was definitely fired up here too. Uh, he had a, a hell of a contest with some whiskey on uh, the Monday evening. <laughs> Alas, dark match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one, no one but a select few will ever get to see it. Um, 
and then Zack Labor Jr. came out to uh, a huge pop. <laughs> Obviously, um, Camden Town uh, wearing a Jeremy Corbyn shirt. You're probably going to get that. Also, just in general, you know, Jeremy Corbyn's all right. <laughs> uh, let's not make it political. Uh, so, let's not make it political. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like the gimmick of him just being like a really, really big fan of Labour. <laughs> it's like for this match in particular, I thought maybe they could have done like a, a heelish turn later on in the tournament but I, I enjoyed it for like the one night only thing but, of him just wearing all red everything I'm looking forward <laughs> to uh, Zack Sabre Jr uh, versus Spike Trevay who's blatantly a Tory <laughs> that would be a good uh, political scrap uh, like it was, it was just, it was just a fun gimmick <laughs> I thought um, going up against David Starr who was um, like very consummate this weekend like I didn't think he stood out particularly but like just endlessly entertaining um and like proper showman and they definitely utilized him in the right way this weekend and this was sort of like his best match so to speak whereas in nights two and three he got to be a bit more comedy yeah it's uh it, like i say he had a good weekend for me like uh, everything that he did came off well and um mm. like i say i thought this was the best match of the, of the first night uh, but technically anyway yeah, I'd probably say so too. We have a match coming up later. Um, maybe wasn't like the same well put together kind of match, but it, it did have like the height and the big moves to compensate for it. But this one, like you say, just two guys who got each other kind of immediately. I don't think they've ever wrestled before one on one, but like you wouldn't be able to tell just from the way they were working together. And like, I, I think we both pointed out, um, Stars Project Champa style move just looked absolutely perfect. Like that's sort of the best I've ever seen that move perform, and it just looked vicious. Like it mangled Zach's back up. Yeah, Zach is very underrated when it comes to taking bumps oh, because yeah. he's got like, like a a weird spindly looking body, and occasionally <laughs> he just kind of throws his limbs out in weird directions, and it's like, oh, yeah, that yeah. looked really nasty, just because of the way that he takes bumps. No, I, I definitely agree with that. He's got like a good frame for. Um, making things look like they hurt. <laughs> uh, moving on, one of the more memorable say, matches. Uh, oh, the, sorry. The, uh, the best part of uh, that match for me is when uh, David Starr decided to introduce Zack Sabre Jr. to his groin, and <laughs> we got the, uh, the the Zack Sabre that I just I adore, which is when he's he's ultra pissed off, stamping on people's heads and just fucking people up with arm bars <laughs> and stuff. That he is so good. It's good stuff. Uh, moving on to one of yeah, <laughs> one of the more memorable matches of the weekend. Jack Sexsmith defeating Zach Gibson, playing really really well off a match they had a couple of months ago, and just kind of concluding this chapter of the Jack Sexsmith story, which I would say has been the best bit of progress in 2017. Like it's a storyline they put a lot of effort into, like producing, but also the match quality has come off. It hasn't just yeah, been like a bunch of mo a series a of moments. It's been occurrence where like he's come from the projo obviously and like he's he's gained that connection with the crowd and and it's just grown and grown and grown and they've uh they've it's been organic it's like yeah. it's this hasn't been like a this is a projo guy so we're gonna push him it's like here's a projo guy do you like him and he's just so likable um 
And this this was great because, like you say, it played off the uh, the last match with uh, with Zach Gibson where he got beaten with the the health skelter on the floor and got counted out. Yeah. Um, this time the fans threw him back in. Yeah, and great moment. The fans <laughs> were so eager to throw him back in, they threw him back in at six. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of took the um, took the moment away somewhat. It was a nice moment, but it's like. Where's the tension going back in at six? <laughs> uh, I think he was worried that that, um, that they weren't going to be able to push him back in and kind of went to the, the crowd and said, help me early. And yeah, yeah. they're just like, get him back in, quick! Boom, straight back in. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. But like it, it worked with the story really well. Um, and it, it kind of makes Gibson look all right as well. Like He had a genuine reason to be pissed off. Uh, obviously, he still lost on Sexsmith's own merit, but like he did the same thing he did earlier. It just didn't come off because Sexsmith's won over the crowd so much, and that's sort of what the story they're trying to tell. So it was an organic he moment. He a DQ for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that. That's funny. So I I hope this isn't like the end of Gibson in progress. Obviously, he's kind of a little bit tied into World of Sport, but that's kind of gone down the drain. So. I think Water um, dead, to be honest. So um... yeah, <laughs> so I, I think he should be all right. Um, but like he's he's fallen a little bit out of their loop a little bit in 2017. Um, and he's picked up the slack elsewhere in Ref Pro and stuff. But um, like him not being on night two and three, he's just not he's not really synonymous with progress anymore. Um, I wonder if it was because of World of Sport because you've seen like. Uh... Uh, Mastiff and El Ligero and, and guys like that have also yeah, yeah. worked World of Sport drop off uh, Joe Coffey as well hasn't been yeah. on the cards so I get the feeling it's like they were waiting to see what would happen and yeah. because nothing, nothing is happening I think it's a case of <laughs> ah Zach do you want to come back I'll be fine with that and it means they got to complete the story with Sexsmith as well so it all worked out mm. um, re- really hype atmosphere in the ballroom for this all the rainbow flags uh, supplied by Will Brown, good stuff. <laughs> and yeah, just um, yeah, just a bloody good time, <laughs> really. And certainly, Sexsmith's finest moment in progress. Good way to end his story. It'll be interesting to see where they go with him from here. Obviously, he's got picked up the injury. Um, but yeah, they can be very happy with how this came off. Uh, I wasn't the opinion uh, that Sexsmith would be out for about a month. Because uh, he has mm. like a partial bicep tear, and yesterday he wrestled Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> so um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know if it was just fulfilling an earlier requirement or what, but yeah, I think it's like Jimmy trained him, so he's he's going to take care of him. Yeah. Uh, moving on, probably most forgettable match of the first day was Tyler Bate beating Pastor William Eva. Um, I mean, this was easily the worst of Eva's performances, but like, that's because his day two and day three performances were really good, but they were comedy centric. It hmm. sort of seems like in every time he's put in like a serious match, Eva just kind of is a bit lost or doesn't know how to get his reactions. Whereas when he's in the, the light-hearted stuff, like he's in his element, and maybe they need to think about that and maybe work with him. To get there on the more serious stuff. Yeah, I think um, where Sexsmith has improved is by being able to do those serious matches. Whereas, yeah, yeah, either they they tried with him a couple of times and didn't quite work. 
there were bad matches. I mean, like the the ones with Marty Skull were okay. Um, the problem was there was just no connection there, like the the connection we just talked about with Sex Smith. Like it, it was yeah, almost yeah. the antithesis with Eva. I think they can get there, like the, with what they're doing with him now, with the like the magical Jesus powers. I think there's there's, <laughs> there's mileage in that. There is definitely, but I possibly not <laughs> anywhere near the main event. Uh, this was kind of just oh, an extended they're, they're squash. They got to build him back up. So yeah, uh, yeah. this is one where <laughs> of all the, the the guys that they put in strong style this year, the one person that I didn't know what was going to happen to him was Tyler Bate. And it was mm. literally like he's either going to get like fluke pinned here, or he's probably going to the final. So when he won that match, I had to like mentally rejig the entire tournament in my head. But like my second, uh, like like rejig was basically what happened. So I kind of got on page. Yeah, I think that second half of the bracket was always going to be a little less exciting than the first half because you kind of knew Tyler Bate would come through unless he did get completely shock ups shock upset pinned. Because, well, he's the golden boy and mm. he has to. <laughs> like Trent Seven, I think Triple H is okay with losing and like in the manner that he did, I don't think he'll have a problem with that. But obviously like they are playing a dangerous game <laughs> with WWE and have been for a year. Uh, obviously things are okay right now, but like when you know that your booking is influenced by the puppet master. Um, like it's a little bit worrying as a fan, but like f- right now it's oh we have to put in interference in the main event, whatever. But well, I, th- in I think six they are months, pushing these guys be because different. they think they're good. So um, I think it's more that than than anything else. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it just it still feels a little unnerving <laughs> as a, as a bystander. Eh, I'll watch, see where it goes. Yeah, I, I, and obviously, like I've said my piece about the British Strong Style story, it is what it is. Um, it's not really for me because it is so. I I bought into it this weekend because I was kind of in in the progress bubble, <laughs> like I was buying into the story they were telling. But like, as as a whole going forward, it's still a bit. Of, of a weird one seeing progress like t- re- tweet about their belt being on TV but then British Strong Style holding it <laughs> and then hate- hating them because they're trying to leave the promotion with it it's it's all just an incongruous mess but I bought into it this yeah, weekend I'd, at least I think uh, when the angle is kind of done uh, pun intended uh, when, when Peter has, has dropped the belt I think that's time to do something different. I think you're going to see probably Trent, maybe maybe Tyler as well, babyface. I, I, I think mm. Trent will turn back face. I think that'll be the, the end of that. It's certainly interesting to see, but like interesting in a kind of scary way. <laughs> um, Scary's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps you Scary's on the edge. better than boring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll take scary over boring any day of the week. A very interesting match was for me to Mark Andrews in, I guess, kind of a main event spot, considering the last match went six seconds. But <laughs> um, <laughs> this was one of the best matches I've seen from two people who had very little chemistry with each other. Like, 
They yeah, were really working hard to make stuff happen in the ring, but it was it all came off really, really good. <laughs> so it was it was kind of like you kind of recognize that they weren't like flowing, but yeah. when they well, got there, technically it really very awesome. good. So it it was easy for them to do that without knowing what uh, the other was like. It's just mm. two good wrestlers wrestling it's the way it is. Um, with Flamita, uh, and I told Jim Smallman this uh, a couple of days ago. I said that I was thrilled that he didn't fuck anything up because oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I was he got booked based on a, a recommendation I made a couple of years ago, and <laughs> when when he walked out, I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! I hope he doesn't fuck anything up." Uh, but he, he didn't. He he was good all weekend, so uh, I I was happy. Because I would assume the majority of the crowd didn't know who he was, or very vaguely knew who he was. Um, so it was definitely good that he made a really strong first impression. He didn't come out all flippy. I I thought maybe that was like would be the easy way to get the pops and get the reactions. Mm. Instead, like he went technical and went like he was surprisingly like aggressive and hard hitting here. I I liked that. This didn't feel like a standard high flyer ballerina routine. This felt like properly vicious, you know? Yeah, I kind of wanted them to do all the flips. Yeah, same. But, um... <laughs> but I appreciated that, like, he wanted to, like, earn it the right way rather than just being a spot monkey. Yeah, no, he's solid. Uh, the thing that kind of shocked me about Flamita is I thought he was kind of, I wouldn't say tall, but kind of tallish. And he walked past me and he was like, I... Don't know how tall he is, but it's not very tall. Mm. Did he? <laughs> did you actually get to stand anywhere near him, or not? I don't think so. Um, I presume he's taller than me, but uh, I don't think he much. is. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I I guess he just he he carries his like size as well. Uh, this is the thing with Dragon Guys; everyone's really tiny, so it's it's yeah, hard yeah. to tell. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I did not realize he was that small. Yeah, but it, it was just really, it was really, really cool seeing him. Uh, I think obviously guys like Pentagon and Phoenix are here a fair few times now. Um, so them going completely out of left field to get a completely different Mexican wrestler from DTU yeah, of all was, places, and obviously Dragon this is Gate. What, uh, like Jim was saying, it was like they they like doing this progress. They like picking people who have not been here before. So yeah. it, it seems like it's more of a deal that they've selected somebody else, whereas like they could, I mean, they could have booked Pentagon, but everybody's booked Pentagon. So, it, <laughs> like, if they'd have got in first and booked Pentagon before anyone else had, then I think they would have gone for him. But uh, yeah, yeah, they just wanted something different. And no, this this felt really really tabs. special. And <laughs> you know, he got he got Flam Fly, which is great. Both both guys had their own entrance themes in this one, which was really nice after like six matches of everyone coming out to generic rock. Um, well, Mark Andrews is a smart guy. Yeah, <laughs> Re recording his own entrance music—that's what it's about. Having is it copyright? No, it's mine. <laughs> you can use it. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, so yeah, I would say this is probably my favorite match of the night. Uh, but yeah, close second was ZSJ Star. Um, and. Main event? <laughs> yeah. And finally, um, six seconds. It <laughs> This was a hell of an event. Um, and Trent Seven worked the crowd up into an absolute, fren absolute frenzy. G 
going into this one, like, just chatting all loads of shit <laughs> in the way oh. only he can. He's probably, like, the best promo in Britain, I would say. I couldn't really name another one. Like, just with his style. Like, he's so adaptable. I could adaptable, just listen to him talk anything. for... Yeah. <laughs> Why he doesn't do commentary on, on Fight Club Pro releases, I, I just don't know. Or, like, he should be on there. Surely Excalibur style. Yeah. But yeah, uh, um, my my favourite Trent Seven uh, quote from this weekend was when somebody had yelled at him about his voice or something, and he just turned around and, and monotone said, "These are the dulcet tones of the West Midlands." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. <laughs> he sounded so sad that people were like um, heckling him. I felt I felt genuinely sorry <laughs> for Trent Seven this weekend. Uh, but yeah. This this match was six seconds long. Mm-hmm. Should have been seven. <laughs> but, oh man, it was good fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like, um, the thing with having somebody at Riddle is the temptation is there to put him in a load of really, like, long, cool matches because mm. it's Matt Riddle. But, um, yeah, they kind of went in a different direction and just had like uh, that that six second match and the the whole like crux of it was we want to get this like knee thing that he does like the knee strike over as like a finish yeah, yeah. um so like as soon as he did that in against Trent Seven you look at uh the match with Jeff Cobb he goes after the exact same thing right at the start mm-hmm. and I think it was a finish as well Anyway, I think so, yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched it back yet, but... <laughs> um, like, Riddle just has a really special aura around him, especially in progress. They've done, like, I've said they've done a good job with Sexmith, they've done a really good job with Riddle as well, in presenting him in a different way. Like, as a true threat from anywhere. Um, and, like, he's got multiple finishes over. Um, I, <laughs> he's just a special talent, and progress and maybe using him better than anyone. I think it's only a matter of time before like Riddle is like the breakout star. Well, he's basically taken that that Chris Hero spot, the top yeah. indie guy spot, and he's just gone. But he's only been wrestling mine. for three years. Yep, <laughs> that's what makes it truly special. Yeah, well, he's a special guy. That's um, mm-hmm. that's what he does. Um, his feet and... are like firmly on the floor, though. That's I think that's one of the my favourite things about Matt Riddle is that he knows how good he is, but he's not going to just walk around. With with a massive head, he's just he's so no. calm about it. Um, like I thought this was a good way of booking for a three day tournament. Uh, like if they, if even on a two day tournament like the last two years, I don't think having a six second match would have gone over quite as well. I think people would have wanted like a proper main event. But on three days, when everyone in the crowd is like up for it, and this is only a third of the way through the wrestling they're going to be seeing, a third of the way through the story they've bought into. I f- like, you can definitely do something random like this, and it's not going to, like, hurt anything. It, in fact, it helps and, like, makes Riddle matches feel a bit different and feel like they can end at any time. And it definitely helped Day 2 and his match with Cobb there. So I thought this was smart to make Day 1 a little bit different and a little bit differently to how we used to. Um, and it, it's always good to have that variety there. Yeah, absolutely. The um, what they did with that match is, like you say, it's like any of these matches can end in an instant. That's 
that's what happens sometimes you just get a lucky yeah, shot yeah. And it kind of played into the mma thing a bit as well that you can get yeah, that definitely. lucky shot so yeah it's good stuff and top notch to top marks to trent for taking it <laughs> taking the six yeah, second trent will take a job in six seconds he's yeah, not yeah, yeah. he, he got a load of heat out of it he's still uh, yeah. uh making little cracks on uh on twitter about it so he's yeah and like five plus himself. one <laughs> watching tv mm-hmm. uh so yeah, yeah that was day one um uh, one i would say possibly the best overall night um not the best match, <laughs> which we're going to be getting to very shortly. Should we go move on to day two? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, day, day two started off with Team Wales versus the London Riots, um, Andrews and Webster. And they're sort of teasing a Riots breakup, potentially. Like, they're lo- losing to a non-regular tag team here. Well, they've been losing for a while. It's like a, a losing streak gimmick thing that they've yeah. got going on. And the interesting thing for me was they had Rob Lynch um, go down injured and James Davis kind of just walked off. So the implication there is that they're going to turn JD. But um, I was kind of looking at it thinking that Rob Lynch would be the, the, the horse to bet on. If you're going to push one of those guys as like a high card talent, that's probably who yeah. I'd go with. Unless they they want him as a, there as a baby face. Yeah, I, th- I think this will kind of shake out after the British Strong Style thing is over. Um, or maybe before, because people were saying to us um, during the weekend that like, Progress have very few heels, like proper heels with genuine heat. Uh, like Obviously, like Cruz and Gibson can get the heat, but like they're not particularly high on the card, and obviously the World of Sport thing, and how that's shaken out has sort of pushed, like, taken them out of the shuffle a bit. So I think turning one of the riots... Or even both of them um, would give them a little bit of extra depth. That is the thing, because I'm I'm thinking that they're going to break them up, but they can always just turn both of them heel and just have them yeah. as as a couple of assholes uh, and have them like high card in that respect. Because mm-hmm. then they can have them big singles matches and have the other one interfere, and that would be the the, the whole deal. Now you you got to think of future. Um future matches for CCK, if they're, they're going to be ones who take the title off pretty strong style, you've got to think of who are they going to feud with after that. Uh, and the rights are definitely a candidate. That's if CCK win the belts, of course. So <laughs> there's there's if, options out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we had the four quarterfinal tournament matches. Uh, Bate defeats Haskins. Um, mm. And yeah, shenanigans at play in this one. I thought this was getting really, really good up until the shenanigans, and then that kind of brought it down a little bit. But still, oh, like they've got great chemistry, those two. So it's yeah, it's yeah. not a surprise that they they had a really good match. Um, like, like I say, and the ending was kind of there because they wanted to put that out there that they now Tyler Bate was the only guy that was left in. British Strong Style going to throw their weight behind him to try and make sure he won. So that kind of made sense that they had them interfere here, but then not in the semi, and then again in the final. And mm. the, the, there was like a, a running theme there, which uh, I think that kind of paid off. Yeah, I I was genuinely getting into Bait as a heel here. Like I was probably like slagging him off and <laughs> telling him his tattoo was shit. Like he he really got yeah. me, and in few ways, in a way few people do. Like just 
getting all like my, because... my handbag out and hitting him over the head. <laughs> it, you know what it is? I think it's because he's just so laid back about it. Like he comes yeah. out here and he, he can't even be bothered <laughs> to like like banter back with people. He's just like, yeah, whatever. He just waves <laughs> vague, vaguely and yeah, and gets on the with the nearest his business. acknowledgement. Yeah, and it's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you want to give him what for and be an old granny and smack him with your handbag. Uh, uh, that's, my, that's really good. My favourite Tyler Bates moment of the entire weekend. Uh, did you go to the podcast? You didn't, did you? I didn't, know. The Tuesday Night Jaw, uh, Jim Smallman held like a live uh, podcast yeah. thing after, after this night, uh, night two. And Tyler Bates was one of many wrestlers who was just kind of sat at the, at the side of the building. So uh, while people were talking, it was like you get the occasional reaction from the boys over by the side. And um, Travis Banks was on as one of the guests, and he was asked who his favourite people were to wrestle. And he kind of named a couple, and and they got cheers. And then uh, he said Tyler Bate, and nothing. (laughs) No no reaction, and I think one person went, boo. And he stood up. And he tried to stare the entire crowd down from the side. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't film that. There was no cameras there. It was only like audio. But um, oh, fucking great moment. And considering like it's the polar opposite of his WWUK character, he's proving himself like at the top tier of both alignments that he can do both with a plum. So, <laughs> you know, we already know Tyler Bates like a whiz in the ring. Like he's he's doing such great character work as well. So, you know, two thumbs up <laughs> to Mr. Bate. Oh. Uh, after uh, that was the um, uh, Jack Sexsmith, who yeah, we didn't think he was going to wrestle because of this uh, bicep injury. And from what I understand. They didn't want him to wrestle. They just wanted him to like forfeit it and re- rejig it at the tournament. Um, as the original plan, uh, just didn't happen at all here because of because of the injury. But um, that is the only match I- I'm told that did not go down as intended. Like everything mm. else played out as it should have done, but this one did not. Yeah, it's definitely a shame that Sexsmith couldn't really do the proper match. Um... Because it would have been very interesting, like we were saying, like what does a Sexsmith versus Sabre Junior match even look like? Mm. Um, and in the end, they weren't really able to do that. They they did a little bit, but like it's it's kind of you can't comment on it really because it was just kind of um, Sabre Junior just hitting him a little bit, Sexsmith hitting Sabre Junior a little bit, put him in the the crab and then tap out. Um, if they'd wanted to turn Saber a mega heel and attack the arm, they could have, but like that wasn't the direction they were they were yeah, planning well, to go. But I He was legitimately injured, so you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. really go after you the can't. arm. You could possibly go after the other one and just kind of claim it's the other one and leave the, the injured one alone, but So yeah. A, a little bit of a shame, but um like it didn't affect their tournament plans too much, really. Um, so hopefully we'll see Sexsmith back, and maybe they'll get a chance to redo it. Um, then we move on to I would say our unanimous match of the weekend: uh, Matt Riddle versus Jeff Cobb, and yeah. these guys <laughs> got the platform to go all out and just crush it together. Well, there's there's two things I want to say about this. 
There's one, uh, Tim Terezi, who's over from uh, California, uh, mm-hmm. goes to PWG all the time. He said this was one of the best matches he'd seen live. And he also said that uh, like Riddle and Cobb had had matches before and they weren't any good. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> the other thing is, uh, I spoke to Jim Smallman about it. And he said that he'd asked them how many matches have you had before. And they said three. And he was like, "Oh, I thought it'd be more than that because they're, you know, they're pals and they uh, do a lot of the same shows." And he was like, "No, three. And they'd never gone over ten minutes before. Um, so they were told basically go as long as you like, and your aim is to have the best match of this tournament." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just ridiculous amounts of energy in the ballroom for this one. Um, both guys oh, so were so, so up for this and did all the, like, their best shit on each other. Like, I presume they had time to, like, work things out together. I'm sure they had a lot of ideas that uh, they hadn't been able to do in their previous matches because of any shortness on time or limits uh, based on their position in the card or whatever. This was their big chance to go all out. Uh, I would presume that them spending a few days together in the WXW Academy also helped when they were just, like, like, we've seen the pictures of them with Tim Thatcher and Volta and all of those guys just rolling, rolling around, around together. <laughs> and we, we got a little bit of that here with, like, the amateur wrestling stuff to start off. Moving into Cobb, just chucking Riddle around and Riddle smacking him in the face with uh, the strikes. Like, just peak Cobb and peak Riddle going right at each other. Like, it's exactly what you could have wanted with this match. Some of Cobb's throws in this match were completely insane. Because I've seen him do some of the, the throws that he was doing, but to like much smaller opponents. To see him like, mm. pick Matt Riddle up and just kind of dead weight lift him one way, then swing back the other way, and then swing back <laughs> the first way again, and then just throw him over his head. It's just, that is insane. That's ridiculous power. Mm. But this, Both of this these match... guys can do things that oh. nobody else can do on the indies, and like they got to show it here. Just you saw how the well state of me after that match. <laughs> I saw the state of a lot of people around me. Like, couldn't believe what we'd just seen. Like, yeah. this was like pure athleticism going on here. Like, you you can fake it. You can uh like, there's plenty of great athletes on the Indies, but these are like a two legitimately great like professional athletes, and just getting to showcase that within like the storytelling element of pro wrestling. This is what you want. You want great athleticism. You this want great energy. Yeah. <laughs> That's big and pro I, wrestling right there. I'd say it's definitely in my top ten of the year so far. You you went like the full five on it though, didn't you? I, I went the full five and then was like, I need to rewatch it because I said the same thing about uh uh Chris Hero and, and Shibata. Um because that match shook me. Um this one though it just rattled me even even worse. So like I was having heart palpitations. <laughs> like, like, legitimately. Man, your body, your body went through the rigor <laughs> this weekend. Fuck yeah! Um, oh, a mess, <laughs> absolute mess. But um, luckily, they gave out halftime oranges afterwards, so that um, that Lovely allowed me to recover. <laughs> yeah, I, I very much appreciated that. That was very funny, um, and it's exactly what I needed because I was like, "Ugh, why didn't I have like a drink of water before I left?" Yeah, orange, orange will do. <laughs> 
So thank you very much, Progress, for the oranges. <laughs> that was that was uh, a so, lovely gesture. I appreciate. Yeah, that. like being ten years old again. And <laughs> not dead. And uh, not dead. <laughs> uh, moving into the second half, Travis Banks versus Felita. Again, kind of similar to the Andrews match in that they didn't have like a load of chemistry, but what they were doing was pretty good. Yeah, it was like a first time meeting, wasn't it? So they they kind yeah. of figured out the basics of a match, and they had a pretty decent match. Um, I think if this had be been tough. on before, yeah, if it this was been on before Corbin Riddle, it would probably have lasted better in our memories. But like that match kind of blew us away, and yeah. not even half time oranges could resuscitate us. When when we talked about because um, we were going to record some some stuff live, but uh, your dictaphone wasn't working, so that didn't it. happen. But um, <laughs> I was very excited at the end of day one that Travis Banks was wrestling Flamita on day two. Mm. Like I was really excited about that, but because of the the Riddle Cobb match, it just I think you could have pretty much put on any match after that one, and I'd, <laughs> I'd have just stood there and gone like, "Well, this is fine," but yeah, I'm kind of recovering still. So yeah, <laughs> I think that's one for the rewatch, maybe away from Riddle Cobb. Um, I thought maybe like the tag if it, if it hadn't been they wanted all for quarterfinal matches together. I get why they would want that, but I think maybe the comedy tag match after that would have been better served as post-intermission, just to bring everyone back in um, with yeah, the super team. Something different. It was, you <laughs> the know. super best friends of uh, David Starr and Pastor William Eva versus British Strong Style. Yes. Pete Dunne was <laughs> the only one that did not have a good time here. Well, I'm sure he did, but like everyone else was just fucking around. <laughs> it's yeah. just a match for fucking around, and then you've got uh, William Eva doing doing his Jesus magic, mm. and Pete Dunn at one point just strolls into the ring and kills him with a forearm. <laughs> it, I did enjoy it was Pete a religious forearm, assassination. Also, Trent Seven's shaking when he was getting Jesus. Mm. That was tremendous. Yeah, I I think Eva's onto something here with uh, <laughs> the oh, yeah. Jesus powers. Like I'd... if. If he can't work as like a serious wrestler, just go completely the other way and have a bloody good time with it. Um, I enjoyed David Starr's reaction to, because um, obviously he has like a million nicknames, and yeah. they introduced uh, William Eva as being the King of the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, David Starr's reaction to that was was priceless. There were a lot of really good reactions this weekend. Like wrestlers genuinely I wouldn't say be triggered by something, but something has set them off and you've you've got the reaction out of them. It Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of fun with like the non tournament matches this weekend. Like I thought it was a very well laid out days two and three with what? like comedy yeah. matches in the right spaces. I mean on paper it was like you you're doing seven and done versus Star and Eva. Well, okay. And then when it kept, when it happened, it was like I can see exactly why they've done this. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff here um, ahead of the main event, which I would say was the worst match of the weekend. <laughs> We've both been kind of um, forestalling this one, but I guess we have to share the opinions well, to the masses here. Uh, well, what I said, uh, so I brought this up when I was talking to Jim, and I said. Uh, I didn't enjoy the match because I was genuinely scared that Laura was going to hurt herself. And 
He, he was saying like, well, she never does. She just kind of lives on the, uh, like on on the edge, as it were. But she doesn't get hurt. It's just she's managed to develop this style where she looks dangerous, but she isn't. Mm. And um, yeah, I just, I would have to watch it again to see what what it was about. It the great thing about it was the crowd were not mean to it at all, even though no. it had moments where it was just like, oh, this looks rough. But um, yeah, I'd love to watch it back because obviously the um, the outcome and the fact that uh, like the women's title match was the day two main event was was a very special occasion. And it, yeah, meant, I thought it that, meant an I thought, awful lot to all of them. I thought Tony Storm winning and like holding the belt up um, that was like the moment. And if that's the only thing I remember of this match, then so much for better because like it was a genuinely good moment, the right woman to win. And like the right woman to represent progress on like a bigger platform, and their women's division. Um, if she, if she shows up in Japan with it, and like <laughs> extra extra bars, extra publicity. Um, and she's the best woman in Britain right now, especially with Nixon Newell having gone. So Australian, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best, best British women's wrestler is Australian Tony Storm. Big big weekend for the Oceania territory oh, yeah. <laughs> in Britain. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, yeah, as for the match itself, I thought, well, a lot of it took place on the floor, which meant that I didn't see many of the bumps, which didn't help. Like, like, how can you get into someone throwing themselves into chairs when you can't see them throwing into chairs? Like, it just doesn't build any anticipation for you. Sounded awesome. Like, so this <laughs> that is, uh, sounded awesome. <laughs> I think this is another reason why I want to uh, watch it back because there was a lot of stuff I couldn't even see. Yeah. Uh, even though I tried to move around to get into a better position, it was just it wasn't happening. So. And then the the dreaded triple threat um, stipulation of like there was no reason for this to be a triple threat. I don't think there was really a reason for Laura to be here. Like they could have done achieved the same thing with Tony versus Ginny and made it like a proper story. And it, it just felt like none of the three were particularly comfortable in that triple threat environment, and they couldn't build anything between them, couldn't build any animosity between them. Triple in threats that, are very hard to put together. Oh yeah, which is why I didn't think it was a very good idea, <laughs> and it was poorly executed. So yeah, um, I, I'm gonna like kind of reserve judgment on on slamming as as a as a match. Until I've rewatched it, because even though like live, we we basically both looked at each other and went, "I didn't like that." But then, I think it was more due for me. It was more due to the fact that I was I was concerned. Hmm. So I would like to see it again. I think the problem there is made it through like, in one piece. Her style isn't like good to watch. It's it's scary to watch, but not in like that. Oh, cool, Joey Janela, Daredevil way. It's in a oh shit, she looks like Bambi on ice way, <laughs> and that was endearing when they were doing the Ginny storyline and it was sort of playing into the character. But now she's supposed to be like MMA badass, and she doesn't do anything of the sort and slips on the top rope, and it's like ugh, <laughs> yikes! I'm like y- yanking at my collar mm. as we speak. Yeah, there, there were there were issues definitely. Um, like you say, I, I think it probably would have been better off as as Tony and, and Ginny, but uh, they have had quite a few matches already. Mm. 
Um, speaking of which, I actually saw them wrestle in uh, Birmingham two days before the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that is probably the reason why they went for a triple threat is because they wanted Tony and Ginny, but realised one they'd already booked it, and two it had happened like a hundred times already this year. So they wanted to make it a bit, like we say, a bit different, a bit special. Well, but that match is going like, to happen a lot. It just will. Yeah. Because Tony Storm is the, is the best talent that is available, and Ginny is the best talent that there is going to be for the future because she's the best heel. So yeah. you got the best baby face, you got the best heel. It's just it's yeah. natural that that match is going to happen again and again and again. It just will. No, I I would have preferred it if they just said, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll do that," even if it's happened before. Like yeah. the thing about progress is they do want to do things differently, so. <laughs> I've just I've just thought of a really snarky thing to say, but I won't say it. <laughs> Is it that they're copying Fight Club Pro's booking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but you know what day I mean. Day three. <laughs> uh, so day three. In day three, indeed. We started off with the Wasteman Challenge, and it. I think Jim yeah. said at the end of this one it was well, like we the started Waste off with Man. the Lion King. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Uh baby Claudio coming in for the Lion King. I think Jim said he would do something like that about a year ago. <laughs> Finally it's he's come threatened to, pass. to do it. I think he had to get permission yeah. from his wife. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun way to start things off. I think day three started off with like the rowdiest crowd. Um maybe by this point like the anticipation of built up over, over the that surprised of the me as well it surprised me that they were that rowdy for day three because yeah i saw people out <laughs> till quite late <laughs> the two previous nights <laughs> so yeah that was kind of a surprise but um i myself was actually asleep at a reasonable hour on the uh on the the middle day i'm, pr- I'm proud of you <laughs> yeah paced yourself but, well uh no i just couldn't walk uh <laughs> That and um, they went to the um, the elephant's head, and they have like an ID scanner on the door, and I I don't carry ID because I'm forty, but um, I I might have to next time I'm down in Camden area because um, probably a lot of London pubs want to know who's in the pub at any given time for terrorism reasons, presumably. I, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I I can't imagine anyone thinks that you're. Under under eighteen, but <laughs> there we go. The Waste Man Challenge Scramble, something it was something like Scramble Invitational. Is that hang, Hangover Scramble? Scram- hangover Scramble. Yeah. That that's the official name of this match. I guess I'm gonna keep going forward with it. Um, bunch of like these guys look like the biggest freaks going, all <laughs> standing next to each other. <laughs> you got David Starr, Flamita, uh, Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster. Pastor William Eber and Roy Johnson all like slagging each other off to start off. It, there was, <laughs> it was like so a, much it was like a funny carnival stuff. Freak show. There was yeah, so yeah. much funny stuff in there. Uh, when Mark Andrews um, said Triple H never called you back, <laughs> that that was probably the best part of of the Wasteman Challenge. My word, uh, that and uh, Flamita doing um, uh, Macarena. Um, I asked, I asked Jim about that as well. I said, uh, was that his idea? He said, yes. Um, Jim wanted him to do Gasolina. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he knew the words. So, <laughs> so you got the Macarena think, instead. I mean, everyone knows what a Macarena is. Right. So. 
I didn't know what he was doing to start with. I was like, "What? What's it? Oh, yeah, he, <laughs> it looks so bizarre to have Flamita in there, like in a in a verbal battle for a guy who doesn't speak any English to <laughs> <laughs> be participating was odd." But yeah, this was this is a a good fun match to get into it. Like probably the best like light-hearted match of the weekend. Um, yeah, this is my but, kind of thing. And like it was good to see for me to get the shine at the end and get like that special send off with everyone like giving him the standing ovation. That was good stuff. And yeah, like probably the most out there guy progress I've ever booked Wait, in terms of like imports. ridiculous flip during this match. Well. <laughs> it was a top rope flippy do to the floor. <laughs> the flippy doos. Uh, yeah, when he went up for it, I was like, "Is he just going to do like a moon sort of something?" Oh no, he's going to do a flippy do. <laughs> Uh, Jack Sexsmith was also in this match, um, and technically, I guess Jimmy Havoc was as well because <laughs> he came in, sort and of, battered everyone with a chair, and was like, "I'm not, I'm not doing this." Which is, I like that. That's a bit more of an edge to the Havoc character. We haven't seen that since he came back. He came back and was just kind of like ultra babyface and to be didn't here, really have, yeah. didn't have the edge that he used to have. Like, he, oh, like he, he said sorry to Will Ospreay, and it was all like played for laughs. I like that this <laughs> is sort of. Back to being him, but as a baby face. Yeah, I think you're right. He did need that edge, but uh, I, he's also really funny though. Like yeah. Jimmy Havoc has <laughs> like he's got the same comedy. Trent Seven humor about him. It's not like when um, he did that run in uh, later in, on in the show, um, in the uh, Haskins Trent Seven submissions match, and the crowds that uh, started chanting "It's your fault" at him, he just went. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's good time. It's good it's good to have self aware wrestlers. <laughs> they're aware of uh, the mistakes they've made, battering people with chairs when they're not supposed to. Um moving on to the semi final matches. I was not into these too much. I don't know whether that was like being tired or just them not landing with me, but both matches, Banks vs. Saber Jr. and Bait vs. Riddle, just kind of were there for me. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know what you thought of them. Well, I was I was kind of uh, I dropped back into the the back of the crowd for this. Yeah, because uh, I I knew I was going to review this show, so I was like, I, I don't want to formulate too many opinions by by being like almost in the mosh pit part like we were on on night two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of took a step back. There's a lot of banter at the back of the crowd, um, <laughs> and it, it kind of got to the point where. Uh, we're all trying to pop each other with uh, by trying to um, say the most ridiculous things and uh, at the best time. So I mean, that's basically why you go to wrestling. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you're not going to pop the boys, then what, what are you going there for? <laughs> the, um, so yeah, I kind of watched it from a distance. My, one of my favourite quips, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Joel, who's at Heel Wrestling. Um, when uh, Travis Banks was wrestling Zack Sabre, obviously Sabre being the, the, the strong uh, Labour candidate. Um, he said Tories love Banks. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I love a pun. Uh. That was so good I wrote it down. <laughs> It'll get in the review then. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I quite enjoyed both these matches. Um Obviously, Travis and Saber have very good chemistry. They've they've wrestled each other before, and uh, especially in Fight Club Pro, a couple of times. I don't think this match is as good as as the, the two Fight Club uh, matches, but uh, I think it's 
it was pretty solid. And Tyler and Riddle, I, th I thought was really good. Um, yeah, well, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, I guess we'll talk a lot more about the final, so we'll move on for now to Katie Harvey versus Kaylee Ray. And we're going to talk about two promos that they put up at the end of day two, uh, ahead of day three for matches on this show. This was the far superior one with Katie Harvey sort of giving out about um, how the crowd treated her on her first appearance in progress. Singing about the sleeve, sleeve jokes, which were, which were fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Katie Harvey has a bloody good point. And she got it across really well. And she was an all right promo. And then and... she came out cosplaying as Wonder Woman and she got <laughs> shit for it. It's just... Or Xena, I thought. Xena. Ah, well, one or the other. So this is basically her gimmick now, is that she comes out wearing something stupid and people rag on her for it, which is <laughs> <laughs> almost unfortunate in a way, but... Uh... <laughs> it, we kind of made the uh, the whole point of the promo that uh, I, I want to be taken seriously and then I come out in cosplay and people take the piss yeah, again. Yeah. It kind of eroded the, the, the point of the promo slightly, and she lost. <laughs> so it's just yeah, not, a... not exactly getting your point over. <laughs> not really. <laughs> wearing wearing a tiara and then losing. Yeah, come out, come out here, uh, yeah, and losing. Basically, what we're saying is, next time she turns up, she should be like just in beige and grey and <laughs> do absolutely nothing to make any imp like <laughs> deliberately make no impression, so that no one can get on her case. Yeah. <laughs> nah, no. So... She should carry on doing <laughs> stupid shit because it's over. Yeah, and um, Kaylee Ray is just really good. Um. Yes. So yeah, this was a, a decent wrestle. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a bit odd to ha put it on before the half half time. Like it yes. wasn't didn't really have Very anything strange. like special about it to like give people pause before ahead of the break. I thought yeah, but I, <laughs> it was a decent decent wrestle. Yeah, I think I probably would have put Pete Dunne and, and Jeff Cobb in that slot, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Obviously, but, but I think Cobb was in that slot wanted... the night before, so I don't know if they were thinking they didn't want to put too much on him. Yeah, yeah. So they hit, well, you stole yesterday's show, so go and steal this one too, <laughs> champ. Um, I think they wanted the three British Strong Style matches in a row, because they've done that a couple of times on these shows now. Like, having all the matches after the break be a member of British Strong Style. So oh, that you know, didn't notice. Who, who, the, who the faction is. You know, who the most important guys are in the room. Yeah, looking forward to Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray. Oh yeah, like yeah. that's the best match they can put together, probably from yeah. an in-ring perspective. Yeah, if we're talking about the best uh, women's wrestler who currently resides in the in the UK, then that, <laughs> that would be Kaylee Ray. Yeah. Um, we talked about Katie Harvey's promo. It was a good promo. I enjoyed it. <laughs> now we're going to talk about <laughs> Mark Haskins yep. and his. Not the 19 second promo that rocked the world. <laughs> I had it transcribed somewhere, but I think it was on the, my computer back home and not my computer here, so unfortunately I won't be able to do a reading. It was um, smutty. It was very smutty. Um, it was swearing. <laughs> vaguely <heavy>. misogynistic. <laughs> well, I, I, um, I asked him about this as well, because I had him on the podcast on uh, review yeah. reviews, and... I said the the only thing that people like really objected to over the course of the weekend because you're saying it was it was mostly positive the reaction to the shows. I said, well, apart from Mark Haskins promo, and he said, <laughs> well, we recorded it, and Mark's like, 
isn't it a bit sweary? And Jim just thought it was funny, so... (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny, but it was also really stupid. (laughs) The the comedy of this comes from the fact that the fans really latched onto it Mm. and were were chanting, uh, well, pussy bitch, and (laughs) doing so in the same... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the same intonation that, that Mark Haskins had given those words. Yeah. Which um yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work out of context, I think. <laughs> uh but yeah, like I think that's on the level of um your t shirt's too tight, Billy. In terms of like just just completely whacked out promos that you just can't get a handle on. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was rushed and I don't know if they just did like one take and just went, is that alright? Yeah, it's probably yeah. fine. So, uh, <laughs> I probably would have shot that again. I, It's like I was saying to you, I'd rather Mark Haskins uh, cut promos like he is, like he talks. Because that intensity is fine when he's in the ring. He doesn't need to be that mm. intense on the promos. No. Because he is in the <laughs> ring. He could... Well, like, Matt Riddle is is just fucking laid back and calm. And in his promos, he's just talking normally. That's how he cuts promos. I think yeah, Mark you, you don't You don't need to be Hulk Hogan shouting. Yeah, no, not at all. I don't think he needs to be that, like, angry all the time. Says the man whose last name is Furious. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love Mark Haskins though. Like he, when you talk to him, he's he's genuinely uh, like a kind and considerate person. And I think when he's cutting promos, he should be more himself and not trying so hard to be angry. Because mm. I don't think he is angry. He's he's got a lovely wife, lovely child. <laughs> he has no angry? reason to be angry. <laughs> I suppose his neck's a bit sore. I think I'll be... Yeah, I think I think it's probably high time for a Haskins heel turn, and I think this weekend kind of proved it because he did not get the kind of reactions he would usually get. Part of that was the music, but like people around me were like, "Ah, fuck Haskins!" <laughs> <laughs> like people were not particularly into him. I think it's um, partially because he's had a run of title shots. That he's the guy yeah. they always give title shots to. Which but is because he's great. Him and Andrews have been oversaturated, definitely, in the recent booking, because yeah. they sort of had one or two too many shows to get to Strong Style, and so sort of just rehashed a couple of things. Um, yeah, which is fair enough. I mean, they're always going to be good matches. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think with uh, Haskins, I think they're looking at doing something with him and Jimmy Havoc, which I think is going to be really good. And oh, yeah. they don't necessarily have to do it as heel face. They just yeah, because that intense. Ha- Havoc's new character is sort of like the promo he cut on this on day three was kind of tweenery. Like yeah, yeah. If Haskins if Haskins stops being so shouty and just becomes like a real person, they can have a, just a real person feud amidst all of, like the the wacky characters. They can just be like two real guys having a bit of a beef with each other. And that would be good, and it would be like a good rehab for Haskins, I guess, because this weekend wasn't his finest moment. <laughs> like, we've sort of neglected to talk even about this match at all because sort of the promo yeah, encompassed was, everything okay. and engulfed it all. <laughs> yeah, it was it was alright. It wasn't. Um, I mean, I love uh, Mark Haskins. I love Trent Seven, but uh, if I was compiling a list of of must see matches uh, for both men, this would not be on it. 
No, I mean, this was more of a story match to yeah. get to that Havoc feud, and I guess after seven six second loss, him picking up a win on day two and three, even though he cheated here or got lucky here. Um, well, like, no, he I guess that's that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he was he won by submission without Mark Haskins <laughs> submitting. Yeah, he was already passed out. Yeah, um, which is actually a Jimmy Havoc move. He did that a couple of times during his title reign. Um, but yeah, like just a bit of a rehab for Trent Seven after taking the big loss. Like just giving him a couple of decisions, like just makes him puts him back on the like that level of the other two British Strong Style guys. Obviously, he's not the same focus because he's not in the main event he's like the gatekeeper for the, the team and like the promo guy and the guy who like gets all the heat um like via the promos but it was it's good to at least for him to say yeah he can get wins like he's not just a complete moron but he is one <laughs> I do like the tag team champions so you yeah, kind yeah. of hope that he picks up wins like he's not a geek and i think they wanted to prove that with like two and three Oh, sorry, if uh, you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the Progress World Championship match that they gave to Jeff Cobb against Pete Dunne. And uh, once again, Jeff Cobb fucking having a great match, throwing Pete Dunne around. Um, like maybe they didn't get to do as much as they would have liked to do because this was the match before the main event, and obviously they wanted to throw everything at the wall in the main event itself. Yeah. I, um, but I, I thought this was really good. Still, this would have benefited, like we said, from being the pre intermission match i thought oh, yeah, because it definitely. was before the final i was i was kind of standing there going like all right my feet hurt my back <laughs> hurts my head hurts a bit um can we just get to the final now <laughs> so i think this match kind of suffered from that uh whether mm. that's just me personally but uh i just wasn't that into it compared to how into um like cob I was for the rest of the weekend, and yeah, that's fair. And how much I, I am into Pete Dunne generally? It's it was just one of the things. I thought it was good. Uh, I think if I sat down and, and watched it uh, in a void or something, it'd probably push in four stars. It, two very good guys mm. having a having a good wrestle, but uh, yeah, I think I think you were maybe fatigued in the second half and I was fatigued in the first half. Mm. So <laughs> collectively, we were being grumpy about this whole show, but we both liked a lot about it. Yeah, well, I think that I just needed that to be out of the way so I could get into the main event, which yeah, I yeah. did. I, I really enjoyed the main event. This is where my my complaint that it was a like kind of like a hollow infinity comes in. Like, that moment at Fight Club Pro Infinity last year yeah. was like so pure. And that was, like, one of the greatest moments I've had watching wrestling live and, like, both of us, like, encroaching on the ring. Like, you could <laughs> you could feel that that presence, that intangible presence. And I think for people who weren't there or didn't see that match, this match was, like, um, Akil. Um, he said that uh, it was great to, great to finally meet Akil this weekend. Um, yeah, he's lovely. Shout guy. out to Akil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, he said, oh, this was one of the greatest moments I've had watching wrestling live. And I was like, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. It's not but even the greatest tournament was, final I've seen this year. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like a diluted version of the Infinity Win, and for me personally, like it just didn't have that kind of raw visceral, visceral reaction. But I guess 
I think that's just because we that were there was for, kind of a for Infinity. Yeah. I think that's that's yeah. what it was. Um, like they were sort of trying to recapture that magic on the bigger stage. It was still very good. Mm. I liked like that very well laid out. Yeah, I liked that um, they got the interference out of the way. Yeah, early because um, it felt inevitable the British strong style would be involved. And then it was like, well, you're always going to have CCK running in if they're available, which they were. Uh, and that's your, your, well, that was kind of the the end of it. But then they carried on wrestling for uh, 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So you got like another 12 minutes of of like back and forth and counters. And, and I think it helped a lot that Tyler Bate won um, two of his three matches before the final clean. Because it gets it gets to that point, and you you're still thinking, well, Tyler's still won two of his matches. He just beat Matt Riddle, you know, clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring. He he could still do this, and that's the whole point of of tournament booking. It's like the general idea is that one guy is the winner, but you have to make it believable that other people can win too. Mm-hmm. And even though, like before the tournament even started, I think you had Travis as well, didn't you? As the winner, yeah, I I thought it would be Travis Bate in the final and Travis winning. Yes, um, I wasn't sure if he'd make it at the first round. In which case, I had Travis going over Riddle, but that was that was basically the two options that were available. But it makes sense to have a like a, a heel versus face final. And I thought the, the booking was solid. I think everything they they did worked. Um, obviously the crowd reacted huge for everything. Uh, there was a yeah. massive pop at the end. So yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I think purely on our level, like not to sound incredibly hipster, which I'm about to do. It, well, yeah, you're already like... sounding incredibly hipster when you said on our level. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking God. Uh, I think the shit I say on this, like, <laughs> do you want me to go and get you a teapot for your cocktail? <laughs> Oh, love the, the Long Island iced tea in the teapot um, that Kia was uh, downing <laughs> on night one. Um, he was not a fan of us either, uh, Kia. No, Kia <laughs> doesn't like Travis Banks. So, he um... does not like Travis Banks at all. Uh, but like, I I was in like the throng and it was really good, like really great atmosphere, people jumping up and down, um, like the late winter atmosphere. <clears> but <throat> like, like, while I got into it, like it's just not the same raw visceral emotion in me like the infinity win had because yeah, that was yeah. built up so well and this is just kind of i don't want to say i definitely don't want to say it's a ripoff because it wasn't like they did it their own way they did it through the south pacific power trip like i i understand the progress have got taken a different road to yeah they've the ended up story, in the same but place but... still yeah the final moment is kind of the same and it, you'll never like be able to bottle what happened in the fiction warehouse that night up but like they did a good job with it on their own terms yeah i think that's fair i think people that don't follow uh fight club pro um were far more into it oh yeah i think so even though like i think there are people out there who who are big fans of travis banks and were wanting him to win and mm. they would they were really into the whole atmosphere of the main event so I think there's there's possibly the, the element where it's because he's beaten a WWE guy that it's it's our guy versus the WWE guy and that's a story in of itself. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I figured, um, obviously they did the interference to get the visual pinfall, that crucial visual pinfall. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, being able to do, like, a full match after that was very crucial, and it, d it definitely made Banks' win feel a lot bigger than if they had gone straight into the finish with, uh, the interference with CCK. Um, and also it sets up a big six-man British Strong Style versus CCK in progress. That'll be pretty mental. Yeah, so. I, I do like that it all makes logical sense as well because of Travis's yeah. association with uh, Chris Brooks Definitely. elsewhere. It, it's perfect. And they're in King of Trios, aren't they? So it's like, this mm -hmm. is an established uh, trios unit. So it's it's not weird that they're just kind of throwing them together. It, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like, CCK have a reason for being here rather than just being the best boys who interfere in main events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to that match. Is that uh, chapter 50? I think it is. Oh, they're doing the tag title match at 50, but I uh, assume yeah, okay. it will eventually come to a boil with a, a six-man. I but, yeah. think there is another show, isn't there? Before, uh, hang on, what month are we in? There are several shows before Alexandra <laughs> Palace is some way up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, what was your lasting memory of uh, Super Strong Style? Uh, all the shit getting chatted in Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, I would say. Um, Are you trying to say that riddle. Kia is your your favourite uh, worker of the weekend? Because <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> he did work me good. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Good fun, like, meeting everyone, like, getting to meet Tim, um, meeting Akil, getting to, like, various other people who I'm forgetting. Um, like, it definitely felt like a big meet-up atmosphere, which is the best thing about Britress, is that everyone is, in general, pretty close to each other, and everyone can make all these shows together, yeah. talk to each other, share their opinions, That's and, fair. like... Well, no one's an arsehole. Like it, it's good to talk to I everyone. Was, and I anyone, was there really. all weekend, so I mean, over the three days, I I must have I, I socialised with quite a lot of different people. <laughs> like on the um, I was hanging around with on the last day. There was uh, there was that many people. Uh, there was the uh, Graps brunch with uh, like Alan Boone and Chris uh, from the Love the Graps uh, mm -hmm. podcast. They they had that um, and. When that was finishing up, I was sat with Ian Hamilton and uh, Keith Harris, and we had a, a conversation about like the business side of the business, and and that was like completely different. And then I had to sit down with um, uh, he's at the King of Boom. He's uh, Portuguese. I can't pronounce his name. I think it's it's like Juan, but it's not. It's like Jao or something. He says nobody can pronounce it, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> um, King of Boom. King of Boom. So yeah, I, I was sat chatting to him. And uh, Joe Atherton and uh, Matthew Greg from Botchamania. <laughs> it's like, what, at what point are you ever going to get the opportunity to get those four <laughs> people around a table together? It was, just, it was, it was surreal almost. Yeah. But um, there was that, and there was there was going out after the shows. Uh, I had great fun um, on the last night, even though my feet hurt. Sort of following the the boys across town. Had a lovely chat with Damon Moser, not the first time. So I, I don't think he's completely converted me. But I will tell you who has, <laughs> Chuck Moser, uh, Chuck Moser, <laughs> Chuck Mambo, Chuck, Chuck Mambo, Chuck Mambo. He had a hell of a weekend from the sidelines with his magnums. Oh yeah, 
Magnum TA. Well, like that, I, was, I, was, <laughs> uh, I was at the bar and he walked past and he went like, how's it going? I was like, oh, it's going good. And he went, all right. <laughs> and we had just a little conversation about like, uh, he said it'd be terrible if you're at like a, like a three-day wrestling weekend and in the middle of day two, you suddenly realized you hated wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spend the whole one and a half days still watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awful. I mean, uh, there were certainly moments like that over the weekend where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Got so much wrestling still to watch. Got to come back. It like, went I'd rather by really just quickly up. for me. It, it did go by quite quickly, yeah. But there was times when I was just like, ah, I'll just sit home. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um, I'll tell you one person who did make a big impression was Big T <laughs> from big the sidelines. Big T Justice, my God, he's huge. He's, he's massive. He's... I, I mean, I hate to go with Vince McMahon, but wow, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 gonna be one to watch. Like even if he's even just minorly okay in the ring, <laughs> um, he'll be I'm a star. Pretty sure he's seven foot tall and like built like a tank. Yeah, yeah, he's quite big. Um, I've never seen him wrestle, so I'm really not sure how good he is, but. Um... Yeah, he's a sight. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be fair to say. So yeah, that like just be the experience of the weekend. Um, like I don't think it was like the same kind of festival atmosphere that WXW sixteen carat had. Um, like I was talking to Akil, like right, right, um, on the last intermission of day three, and we were kind of in agreement when we said that. It felt a bit like three shows over three days rather than like a full weekend of shows. Like some that sounds a bit intangible, but it kind of did feel a bit like that. Yeah, there was a um, lot of link up stuff they did. Like, I think if uh, we'd gone to like the bingo and the, um, I mean, I went to the podcast, so that I felt yeah, kind of yeah. tied into it a bit more with that. But they, if you'd have gone to like all the events, then I think it would have felt more like a, a whole thing. I did ask. Uh, if there was a possibility of doing like a, um, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I want to say contenders, but that's Rev Pro. Like a trainee uh, show. Yeah, a trainee show. Pro like show. In the afternoon, well, not in the afternoon, but like before the show or after the show, just to kind of fill a bit of space and get them some exposure. And I, I was told that they were already like working themselves into the ground over those three days, so... <laughs> That was not really happening, but mm. um, uh, they they did encourage uh, London Lucha League. Said they were quite happy they did that show, uh, gave uh, people somewhere else to go and watch wrestling in London during Strong Style, which is exactly what I was asking for. And they said uh, it was a nice touch. They gave a discount to people who'd been at Progress. So on the door, I think it was uh, like two pound less, or mm -hmm. four pound less, or something like that, if you'd been to Strong Style. So I missed out on Cara Noir versus Bacon Jr. And I'm not taking the piss here. Apparently it was really good. So any uh, last thoughts about Super Strong Style? Or should we get the shovels out? Oh, let's get the shovels. Let's have a word. Let's have a word with Hinkles. <sighs> Five Look, star wrestling. I fucking told you, right? <laughs> back, back... <laughs> and I basically agreed with you, yeah. <laughs> but it would be a fuck up. <laughs> Back when they first started, and they tried to run uh, like the Newcastle—is it the Metro Newcastle? 
I forgot. Yeah, it was like it was like free shows. Very very big building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ten thousand. Not very many tickets. Um, Less than a thousand, I think. And they decided after that, and it didn't. That didn't really work in particular, and they probably should have reined it in a little bit. But they were like, no, we're going to do a, a 128-man tournament. It's going to run all summer long. It was it was like three <laughs> months of stadium shows. And they sold no tickets. And, well, not none, but very few tickets, shall we say. Uh, it was financially, it wasn't viable. Even though they have money, they have money from um, uh, an amusement uh, arcade chain called uh, nobles um but like even if you've got a stupid amount of money you still have to have some money coming in yeah uh, and it wasn't happening so they had to go ahead and cancel an entire tour they pissed off pretty much everybody in Britrest by doing so i mean just just reading the tweets like let alone the fucking behind the scenes DMs, which i'm sure must have been <laughs> Popping off, but like Joe Coffey, Shaw Samuels, El Laguerre, like these guys presumably were seeing this as a chance for a big payday. Um, and uh, like Zach Gibson, on Kenny Williams, yeah, like that world of sport upset. circle, yeah. <laughs> like these guys have been jerked around this year, like you got to feel sorry for them, like they've been mm-hmm. promised, promised the world and been given absolutely nothing in return. Um, yeah, you can't it, help it, feel it really for, the, sucks for those guys. When you look at how well it's worked out for the guys who signed those mark contracts with uh, with WWE, it's like <laughs> look, look at how well it's paid off for like Pete and Tyler. Yeah. It's just worlds apart. Um, but like all all that's shady, that all that's scammy. Um, but like we had to go really low blow here by like obviously the reason given to the wrestlers for oh. why the tour was being postponed was the Manchester terror attack. That's what was given. And that's just fucking despicable, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it really is. That's just inexcusable, really. I, I mean, understand where that's coming from because they're saying we're running stadium shows. Nobody wants to go to stadium shows because of the bombings. But that's bullshit. Uh, yeah, they were not. <laughs> it would be fine as a legitimate excuse, but it's not. It's a it's fucking, not. It's a bullshit it's excuse, a lie. Yeah. and it's the worst possible bullshit excuse you can give because it's it's playing on people's deaths, which is it's just oh, it's just scummy. Um, like back in the day, there used to be a lot of really unscrupulous promoters, like a lot of them. And their sole purpose in life was to screw people over and get as much money as possible and then make off with it before somebody noticed. <laughs> and that this entire thing just feels like that. Yeah, it's, like what, it's a huge red flag from start to finish. Like, just from the, the announcement and when I did a little tiny bit of research into it and discovered this game, this fucking vaporware nonsense where he's like ripped off the WWE characters. And it's like, what is going on here? And just going for arena shows straight away, but 128 man tournament, which is like your my dick's bigger than your dick kind of thing for WCPW. Like they're making WCPW look awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean WCPW, you know, they're they're on the Kadani side, you know. <laughs> but, you know, everyone loves them now. Well, 
not everyone. Maybe but loves like, strong <laughs> word, but uh, like this whole operation has just been awful from start to finish. I think like from selling less than one one thousand tickets to their first shows, and then continuing on with this, you know, doing the CM Punk. Um, promotion, which was obviously just a lie, and uh, and the fact that we're even talking about it kind of annoys me because it means that he's like one because he's like still got his name out there, which yeah. kind of infuriates me. Ah, uh, fuck him. Well, well, he's done now. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> there's no coming back from this. Apparently, um, the tournament's not been cancelled; it's been rescheduled. It's, it's been rescheduled to February, March, April. Yeah. <laughs> what well, what percentage chance do you think these shows have of running? Zero. No, I'm well. No, I'd say like five percent, but um, probably not in the venues that they were intended to run in originally. No. And basically, the only reason it's been it's been moved is so people don't ask for refunds. Which that's is basically just, it. You, yeah. Rather than having easy. to give out refunds, it's just like, oh, you have to email me to get the refund, and people might not know know what's happened until much later. And by then, he's already made off. And well, it doesn't help. Uh, the posters are still up. Uh, yeah, you can. I think you can still buy tickets. Like, at least you could yeah. after the news had dropped, but before he'd officially announced it. Like you could still buy tickets to these shows. So there are people obviously not in the wrestling Twitter loop. You know, families buying tickets for their kids, birthday presents, whatever. Still buying tickets to fucking shows that aren't happening. Well, the first it's show just... was in a week. Yeah. And the fact that it's happened so close to the time as well is just really scummy. Just, oh, just scum. <laughs> There's just no scum, way scum, you can scum. turn that makes it any better. Like, it just goes, gets worse and worse and worse. It's getting to the point where we've actually found a promoter who makes Stephen Flutter look good. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like at least Flutter's like semi legit. <laughs> <laughs> at least Flutter runs shows when he, he says runs he will. shows with like an identity <laughs> and doesn't steal people's money. <laughs> yeah. My God. Or promise CM Punk on the poster. Like... Yeah. That. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough of that. <laughs> that's enough burying. Uh... Six feet under now. Well, <laughs> we're six feet under with a threat of coming back in February 2018. Yeah, but yeah. Eight months um, from now. Next time, obviously, we'll talk about something more positive and more actual Brit Ressi. Yeah, I have no idea what's coming up. I've bought tickets to loads of stuff. Because um, as soon as I'd finished recording with uh, with Jim earlier in the week, I was like, ah, oh, really into wrestling now. So it's like uh, going to Summer Sizzler, uh, going to Alexandra Palace, um, uh, going to Fight Club Pro, and they've they've got like uh, Mustache Mountain versus CCK, and I think it's uh, Banks versus Dunn as well. Uh, Devlin's in a match, like a, it's a three way. It it just yeah. It looks fun. I'm, I'm looking a, forward to it. Should be a good time, yeah. Like, this is going to be a big summer. Like, how, however you slice it, up until, like, this run through to Alexander Palace is gonna, Alexandra Palace is going to be a lot of big shows. You've got Summer Sizzler with Rey Mysterio and versus Marty Skrull. You've got uh, Daisuke Sakamoto coming over, which is a, a very exciting prospect, if expensive. Um, and also the J-Cup, the British J-Cup. Yeah, I'm with, not around for um, <laughs> <laughs> but like you've got like the obscure guys like Tiger Mask and well 
Scoochie isn't obscure, but like uh, just a guy you never thought you'd see, and I like that sort of appeal. But like guys like a Taguchi and the Sakamoto are coming over, and a Fumita just now. Guys you just never thought you'd see in person Chris when Wolf. they're coming over. Chris Wolf. Chris Wolf. Wolf in, yeah. Uh, it's just like okay. <laughs> like it's just it's just a a really fun time. Like not only with the natives and obviously all the. The contract stuff, it's, it's scary, it's exciting, but it's, like, interesting most of all, so we can talk about it lots. But, like, the imports want to get in on it, too. And, they're like, Rey Mysterio, like, we haven't seen him um, for a while in on these shores. So, yeah, yeah lots of I exciting stuff this summer. Don't care about Rey Mysterio in the slightest. <laughs> Neither do I, really, but, like, <laughs> like it's the same thing as the Kurt Angle. Like, it's sort of a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see, like, a legend. So it, it doesn't really have any appeal to I, me. I but like, went I... to a uh, SmackDown house show in 2004, <laughs> I think. And I went yeah. to a meet and greet, and the meet and greet was Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio. So I've, I've ah, already been there, done that. <laughs> fair play. But, like, have you seen Taguchi live? Can't say I have, no. <laughs> oh, there you go. I think I've seen enough people live. I was saying to. Ah, uh, who was it? Uh, might have been Matthew Gregg. But I was saying, look, like, I don't have that, that list anymore, that bucket list yeah. of guys that I really want to see. It's I've seen enough. I've seen enough weird and wonderful people. Uh, I don't have a list anymore. It's just nice to see people. I mean, I, I definitely have Sakamoto on my bucket list, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep rubbing it. I'm not even in the country. <laughs> Fair play, fair play. Uh, July's a right uh, up, I'm we... not here. Yeah. <laughs> We're still <laughs> recording, aren't we? <laughs> we are recording, yeah. This is, a, <laughs> this is like the conversations we have afterwards where we just chat shit for hours. But yeah, we should probably wrap this up. Um, well, it's been a pleasure. Any plugs? <laughs> plugs. Um, yeah, you can go over to reviewreviews.com uh, for like uh, writing and stuff. Uh, there you can listen to the podcast that I've been plugging sort of surreptitiously throughout this one mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I recorded it like two days ago so it's really fresh in my mind uh, it's split into three parts I had a, a chat with uh, Jim Smallman so uh, go and check that out uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Arnold Furious uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Another Ollie. Uh, my Live at the Cockpit 16 review featuring Josh Bowden versus Donovan Dijak, the hot feud no one ever knew would happen um, that is up on Voices of Wrestling that review um, and you can check out the F4W newsletter my Euro notes are in it every week cool alright uh, it's been a pleasure on it's been a while since we've done this but uh, yeah, it's been about a good month. stuff <laughs> yeah and we'll see you guys again soon good night Ta-ra. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. 
Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.